Hey, what's going on, guys and gals? Welcome back to this week's episode of Cartridge to Cloud. I'm joined today by Captain Tutu and Trebek. What's going on, guys and gals? Hello, hello. What's good, guys? So we're going to come in and talk about a little bit of a few different things today. Uh, I've got some cool stuff for uh, talk about a Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing. We've got the new releases this week. Uh, we've also got uh, GameStop claiming to be an essential business, which is kind of a weird thing. And then we've also got uh, Tutu's Weekly Deals and Cool Stuff, one of our special segments that's making a preview or a debut here on Cartridge to Cloud. And we've also got our top story, which is going to be our next-gen console wars, since we've got some of the specs on the new uh, PS5, uh, and then as well as the Xbox uh, Series X. Uh, so let's get started with uh, what have we been playing this week? Uh, go ahead, Tutu's, go ahead and start. Yeah, so I had to kind of take a break from like all of my hardcore... Uh, PC MMO gaming because I messed up my finger real bad, but it's kind of a good thing. Well, not really a good thing, but and it came at a good time because this week we got Animal Crossing and Doom, uh, and I've been playing a hell of a lot of Animal Crossing, and I'm so in love with this game, this franchise. Um, also played a little bit of a Modern Warfare uh, Warzone before my finger got messed up, which is real nice. So, um, and I'm sure you know we'll talk about Animal Crossing and Doom more in a little bit, but. Um, having such a great time with both of those games. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Ebeck, what about you? So naturally I've been playing a crap ton of uh, modern warfare and the war zone and all that nice stuff. But uh, I've actually taken a break from most of the games and went back to an, an old classic war for the overworld, which is an old school RTS. I think it released in like 2000 and and been playing the crap out of that again. It's up there on GOG. So I decided to buy it for the $5 and give it a spin again while I, you know, relax during this quarantine. Hell yeah. I mean, some of those, some of the old classics. I mean, I'm dipping back into uh, a little bit of Stellaris right now because their Federation's content came out this week too. And I'm just like, ugh. But between that, I actually got to play uh, the first uh, maybe hour of the campaign on Doom Eternal. And I couldn't get into the um, battle mode. Uh, so far, like it actually took me a little bit to get in the battle mode. I actually was finally able to get into it today and I was excited. I was like, yeah, let's see what this battle mode is about. And it's a 2v1 demons versus the Slayer thing, which is kind of interesting um, because the demons are really buffed up this whole thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, it's it's different. It's very, very different. Uh, but kind of digging into uh, Doom and Animal Crossing, let's go ahead and get into that one. So, uh, all right, yeah. go for that. So, uh, I think we should start with Doom since you left off with Doom Eternal. Um, so <laughs> it's funny because last night, uh, with my finger being so messed up, uh, I was like, you know, I want to play this just to have an early impressions for uh, our show, of course. But then I'm like, I don't want to play too long with controller because I don't want to get used to controller and I want to play with keyboard and mouse once my finger heals. Um, and I was like, I, I was streaming, I told my stream, like, okay, I'll only be streaming this for like 30 minutes, guys. I ended up streaming that mess for like two hours and 30 minutes, uh, which was like crazy. And I, I had such a fun time playing it. Uh, I got to um, the second stage, uh, Exultia. I don't know if you're, are you there, Tommy, or did you get that far? No, not yet. I don't think. Man, uh, just like some of the, the abilities you unlock, like I Doom uh, 2016 was like really fast, like, but this is like, Doom 2016 on like super crack. It is super fast, frenetic, crazy, hectic. Um, and like the the dash ability in itself just opens the gameplay up like so much more. It's it's so fun and, and crazy to mess with. And uh, like like each stage, like I don't know if you notice it, but each stage has kind of like this arena area where you have to like clear all the enemies in one area just to progress and move forward. Oh, and like yeah. those are like the most fun um, areas out of every stage because you really have to utilize like all of your abilities, like all your tool sets, like the dash. You have to utilize like your um, your mods on your weapons and stuff like that, and uh, like your runes come in handy too. Um, like the the game design level design is is so phenomenal on Doom Eternal, and I cannot wait to play more. Um, it's it's so good. What do you think about it so far? Oh man, I mean it's it's solid. It, it, you're definitely hit, hit the the nail on the head with it being like basically Doom 
2016 on crack because man it's like so much faster it feels like yeah. than 2016 version i'm just like what yeah, the and heck, I, I gotta play it again because yeah like i remember it being fast but definitely not this fast uh like i want to go back uh eventually to 2016 and play it again just but continue sorry yeah it, well it kind of feels like especially with the abilities like the dash and the double jump or which were like super super late game abilities on the first one and you get those kind of like right off the bat in the, the campaign on this yeah now the only thing i thought it was really cool that that they were going to change up the multiplayer and go to battle mode but i was like when i played battle mode i'm just like you know what i kind of want my tdm and deathmatch and you know capture the flag like their standard multiplayer lists yeah i i now don't really enjoy the fact that it's cut out now because i feel like that's a big part of the game especially on you know launch weeks or whatever I mean, I understand on June 2016, it actually, like, the multiplayer died off, essentially, for a while, because it was just an older yeah. game, and, you know, and other games came out in the meantime, which I might understand why they don't want to do it, because they feel like, oh, maybe it'll die off at some point or another, but, I mean, with, with all these new abilities, and if you had mixed battle mode with multiplayer, you might have actually had a really cool hybrid or something fast yeah, was- and crazy. I was thinking about that, because even, like, the arena sections, like, I keep thinking, like, like how cool would this be? to be like a full on like team deathmatch or you know kind of like a flag mode for multiplayer like it'd be so awesome uh to see like how they would do it with all these new abilities and features and whatnot oh absolutely. or at least you know the revamped abilities and features so uh how's how's battle mode can you like describe it or going into a bit of detail so, so far from what i know it's kind of like you know the dark souls stuff yeah so it's basically it's it's 2v1 uh two demons versus one slayer and each round you play three rounds uh each round you get a new special ability or, or special upgrade and it basically helps can help you depending on the one you choose is based on your play style and how you think you want to beat the enemies and so on um like for my first couple games i actually got the slayer which was different um and i i had the hardest time because i had one guy super high up in the air and one guy just chasing me nonstop on the ground and he was just hammering on me um so that round actually didn't go so well in my favor like i only got one of the demons through all three rounds like that's how hard it was to kill them on that which i i'm kind of wondering if there's a balance problem there um going forward Uh, i know the other mode for doom eternal hasn't come in yet which is the invade your game mode yeah oh i can't wait for that that's gonna be crazy that yeah that's that's the one that's more like dark souls yeah so that's the one that's coming up soon i don't think it's out yet um at least i haven't seen it yet and I'm really hoping to play that one once it comes out. But I mean, so far, my overall impression is definitely a step in the right direction of progressing the whole Doom franchise. But at the same time, I feel like they've gone a step back with also not having the multiplayer in there. I mean, adding a different mode like the battle mode was actually a really good thing, I think. But cutting out traditional multiplayer, I think, was kind of a blow to it at the same time. Like, what do you what do you do in seasonal content if you get just story upgrades and stuff like that, which is cool. But I mean... Doom isn't always hasn't never always been about it beyond you know like Doom Two basically like Doom beyond Doom Two is always about the multiplayer because you play you know Doom or Quake or um what is it called Unreal and they're always kind of like those fast paced you know crazy shoot arena shooters but you're not getting that this yeah time so I'm just like hmm I don't know <laughs> it seems like in a way they're kind of chasing not really chasing but you know as far as like the Dark Souls kind of aspects of it where dark souls has so much replayability i think that's what they're going for here yeah it's a little bit different with like an arena shooter versus you know the kind of game that dark souls is um but you know only time will tell and see how people take to and and of course the replayability factor of it yeah i I think i think that's what they're truly trying to do because according to the main playthroughs like you could finish it in like 14 hours or 15 hours or something like that for the main campaign and if you go and you know add the replayability with adding like the extra collectibles, the fancy other stuff to unlock different suits and all that stuff. It could get really different, but I don't know. I still feel like it's missing something, at least to me right now. That's a good step. It's a good step. Uh, Yeah. um, And I just want to also shed light on the fact that, uh, like, I know Doom kind of had a story in a way, but, you know, it's mainly just, you know, you shooting demons and, you know, make your way through Mars or hell on Mars and whatnot. Um, and this like dips heavily into like the lore and like universe building, which I really, really like. And uh, it's really, really cool. It's, it's like some of the stuff they do, like as core is still all about, you know, killing demons and, and all that stuff. But um, there's like a really interesting uh, lore here and universe building. That's uh, I really appreciate, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about 
So t- tell me more about Animal Crossing. So I just bought the game, and I know I, I, I haven't Oof. gotten to play it yet, but um, the only thing I've tried to do is I know that the starting fruit is a big deal, so I, I, uh, I've restarted twice already. I've gotten apples both times, so I'm trying to figure out what <laughs> makes it so it changes to something else, But because I know everybody's got apples right now. Um, tell, me, tell me more about like what you think about Animal Crossing and New Horizon. Like, what do you think is different from the previous one if you played it and so on? Ebag, have you ever played uh, Animal Crossing? Are you interested yeah. at all? Yeah, it's been years though, but I do have the new one, and I've been playing it whenever I get oh, a chance okay. to touch it. My significant yeah. <laughs> other has been on it for like six hours, and my oh kid my has been glued to watching it as well. So it's been yeah, absolutely dude. phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll speak first on this, but I, I hope we all can speak on this. Um, but uh, from a personal standpoint, I've been with Animal Crossing since. The second one, which was the one on the DS, it was called Animal Crossing Wild World. Um, never played the first one, but uh, of course, I have so much respect for the first one. And um, this is the fifth installment now in the Animal Crossing franchise. And uh, it's crazy because Animal Crossing has always been like one of my favorite Nintendo franchises. And uh, like I've always wanted to kind of be like up there with Mario and Zelda. And now with New Horizons, it's just like, it essentially is like day one. Like this is like a, a household name for Nintendo now. And I'm so excited to see like so many new people. And of course, older people that have been with the franchise for, you know, as long as I have, or even longer than I have kind of like really take to it and celebrate this game. Um, so for the uninitiated real quick, Animal Crossing is a, uh, it's a life simulation game pretty much. Um, it's uh, somewhat in the same vein as like Stardew Valley or, you know, games like that. Um, but the thing with Animal Crossing is like what I love so much about it is that it's on like a real world time. Um, and it is really slow paced, especially this one is more slow paced than uh, the previous games. But uh, it really works to its benefit. I know that might sound like off putting to a lot of you, but the slow paced nature of it is like kind of the best thing because you can go at like doing your your little objectives or, you know, upgrading stuff like as fast or as slow as you want. And um, really like the beauty of Animal Crossing is that like every day that you play, you're always constantly like unlocking something new, whether that's like a new, uh, a new feature, a new like shop that popped up in your town, some new neighbors you're getting or stuff like that. Um, And there's even like these random events uh, that occur or random people that show up in your town which is so like awesome and, and it's really rewarding to kind of just pop in every day and to play like little by little or for as long as you want to just to see like what's new and what's happening. Um, and uh, it's, it's the gameplay is so captivating. Like in a way, I know this isn't a game for everyone, but I still like can't help myself but to recommend it to everyone because it's like, it's so unique and so unlike anything else, especially like right now during this time with all this mess going on, I feel like Animal Crossing is like the perfect, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, getaway vacation escape game that we have right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it seems really yeah. cool. Where you're just basically farming and checking out things, building out your stuff. The one joke that I keep hearing that pops up is uh, everybody's got to concede to their uh, the raccoon overlords on how they yeah. go and make you like buy everything <laughs> from them. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Tom Nook is kind of a running joke. So he's uh like in every game, he pretty much like kind of uh, runs things. And um, when you first like stumble upon him, uh, you know, he's kind of telling you like, okay, uh, you know, like he gives you the tent and you can put your tent anywhere. And then like you have to get your your Nook Miles, which is brand new to the franchise. So um, before there was only like one currency, which is Bells, which is like the normal currency. That's, you know, the main currency here still. But now they introduce a new currency, which is based off of like achievement. So pretty much... What Nook Miles does is like for anything that you do, um, you earn Nook Miles and you can spend it on like different rewards and stuff like that. Um, like you can get like these like island tour tickets where you can go to different islands and like get uh, like exclusive bugs or fruit from those islands and things like that. Um, you can like unlock different cool like rewards and furnitures. And like this game is so crazy with the customization, um, like way beyond the previous entries in the series. Like even today, uh, like there's crafting. Crafting is a brand new feature and uh, crafting just extends the the life of this game by so much. And today I unlocked a brand new feature that's uh, essentially like for any um, furniture or piece of furniture that you build, you can customize the color. Uh, you can customize the patterns of it, which is like insane. So already that like 
you know, your furniture can be like vastly different from like, uh, you know, your friends' furniture and stuff like that. So it's it, there's so much customization. It's it's crazy. Nice. That's awesome, though. That's, I, I definitely uh, am looking forward to digging, you know, sinking my teeth into it uh, some more later on today. And trying to see if I could get something other than apples as my my uh, yeah island it's fruit. it's it helps you like right away right basically when you fly over you can see whatever's on the trees and yeah okay so that I I was right in that assumption the game is a slow burn but stick with it because it'll be so rewarding and like before you know it there'll be like so much to do or so much more to do where it'll kind of get a little bit overwhelming but in a fun way like it's it's funny because Animal Crossing is like it's a grindy game but it's really not because you're not like time for anything you know like you feel no pressure with animal crossing so it's kind of like <laughs> it's, it's really different game. like yeah it's really just chill so i love it um but yeah so what what are your thoughts on it so far just starting out um i i haven't gotten past like basically the intro part like i got i picked up my tent and then i was like you know what i'm stuck on apple so i need to go and switch <laughs> so i haven't had enough yeah. time to do it yet but <laughs> that's that's like because i know there's like 10 people that have like apples right now and i know pear or yeah. peaches seem to be a rare one bananas i think was one of them right um bananas is like a tropical one so you can only get those from like the island tours i believe i still haven't stumbled upon bananas myself but they've been in previous entries so i feel like they got it in here yeah, so I'm trying to get just basically something else that our yeah, like our community doesn't have between our friends and whatnot. So that way I can try to like vary it up between some of the other ones. So that's been my challenge so far. But it's it's overall really like, you know, it's cool. It's cute. It's uh, I don't remember. Can you play like multiple players on one console or is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, Ebag, do you know any more about that? Because I want to say it's like eight players per console. No, it's yeah. four players locally, eight players online, I think it was. Um, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, it's so that's how I've been getting most of mine in since the uh, significant other will not give up the switch. So yeah, I can just it's uh you gotta unlock the airport though to get it to do it. So it's a little bit of a grind, but well worth it. This is definitely scratching my itch until a harvest moon gets released of some sort so, oh that's another one right yeah that's the other yeah. like similar one to it yeah so it. i'm it's, it's hitting that itch of the life simulators for sure nice nice so Let's... i just figured out it's it's four players per console you can hook up like essentially another there console to, to make it like eight players so yeah so it's pretty much eight players both online and local. nice you have two consoles for local yeah well that's definitely pretty good um, let's go ahead and get started on our next segment, which is kind of an interesting, interesting one considering our, our current like situation and whatnot. And it's, I, I, I can't see the justification for it overall. I mean, I can understand why they want to do it, but at the same time, it's like, what the fuck guys? So GameStop claims to be an essential business during the, the whole shutdown and quarantines in multiple States, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I, I could see that for the, the sake of like kind of somewhat on the same level as like Best Buy and stuff, but Best Buy sells more generic everything for people having to work from home or stay at home. But GameStop, not so much. Um, so they claimed, I think, it was, I believe it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday this past week, they were claiming to be an essential business and they were going to stay open during this, the entire, you know, like business and restaurant and bars and all that stuff shut down. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to kind of ask you guys and get your thoughts on it is why do you think... Um, they're trying to, they were trying to do that initially. Now, since then, uh, keep in mind, they've, they've shut down, they've gotten all kinds of different stuff, which we'll talk about. Um, but why do you think they were trying to, to claim as an essential business up until this point? Because they broke. Yeah. Trying to save their asses. Right. Yeah. That, that was my first assumption. Like, cause we know, like, I think it was, uh, right after the holiday season, they had to shut down. I think it was like a third of their stores, um, to try to like mitigate costs and challenges because they had a really bad holiday season, which I could kind of see why they really didn't have anything, at least during the holiday season. That was great in terms of sales. Like their black Friday was usually their big thing in the holidays, but their sales were like mediocre. And I don't know if that was for the sake of them trying to make more money and keeping the prices somewhat high, but not really doing sales that are good enough. Cause everybody's sales were pretty aggressive this year aside of theirs. Um, but that's definitely why I, th I, I started thinking that, um, you know, the store store being closed is just kind of stores closing was kind of a bad thing. I think it's just them trying to stay afloat. But I don't know. It's kind of weird. 
Um, what do you, what would you think that they would justify as like, a as claiming a central aside of just, you know, being like entertainment at home kind of thing? Well, they were trying to claim like they're, <laughs> that they're razor keyboards and mice are essential when it's like, you know, people working from home will be good with like a $20 keyboard or mouse, like not a damn 60 to $80 one. Yeah. Oh no, I know. The other, the other thing I was thinking was like, I mean, well, why would they become become a digital or um, essential? But because of thinking in the digital age now, like we download or have the ability to download almost everything they have in terms of games. Aside of like keyboards and mice, we could which we could have like Amazon deliver, and and sadly to say, it, it'd probably be cheaper or easier to get. Yeah, same with Best Buy too. Yeah, yeah, or even them. I mean, they were they were actually allowing. Uh, up to five, I think it was five or ten people in the store up until uh, today. Actually, they had it to where you have you can only drive up and do curbside pickup at a distance, <laughs> which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Damn, I even know. Yeah, so that was another new one for today. Um, but I mean, what do you what do you guys think uh, that's going to happen in this market now with GameStop now having to forcefully shut down? Now it started with Pennsylvania going and pulling the co- the company's business license in the state of Pennsylvania, so they had to be forced to shut down there. And then the government essentially told them, forced them to shut down now, which they, that was effective today um, or yesterday, I believe. Like, what else do you think can, you know, uh, come out of all of this after, you know, after they're forced to shut down now? And on top of that, now keep in mind, they're not paying their employees at all, which really sucks too for the employees and this whole thing. I don't know. Well, I'm going to yeah. say the American market's going to shut down. Uh, I've got friends that manage them up in Canada and they're like the, the business sense there is they're shutting down, but the government is, a, you know, keeping giving, keep, giving them like a tax break off for it. So they're actually doing well up in Canada, but I think the U S stores are just even closer to the verge of shutting down completely. Yeah. I, I think this is definitely going to hurt them. Um, and uh, you know, for how long this this uh, current crisis is going on, it really depends. Like, you know, odds are it's definitely going to last uh, a while longer than I think most people or most of these businesses would want. So, um, it all depends, like how long it lasts and how much you know that initially hurts GameStop in the end. Uh, but it's definitely going to hurt them for sure, um, whether or not they like close altogether remains to be seen i think they won't but or at least not just yet but um it'll definitely hurt them in the long run for sure oh yeah yeah i mean my estimation if especially as much as gamestop's already been hurting and they're not paying their employees on top of that like i don't i don't think that company's gonna last more than a year if they stay closed for more than two or three months unless something magical and amazing happens i mean i know one thing I do know that they did actually open up early for uh, Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing before this whole yeah. fiasco happened, and they are allowing people to get their copies early to and breaking street date just to make sure they got them. Um, and they also didn't have huge crowds in the store at the same time, which was great. You know, they were trying to stay safe in this in the whole process. But at the same time, I'm like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I mean, what? Uh, they haven't really still come out with anything that that pauses them as a, a smart smart business people at this point like there's nothing that's said hey you know like best buy is trying to focus on their shipping they still allow their employees to stay safe they're not interacting with the community and they're you know stuck in the warehouse being able to just ship out everything now gamestop really doesn't have a good um shipping process at least that i've ever seen every time i've ever ordered oh, anything no. for online it's been terrible it takes like two weeks to get something from them which is yeah terrible. and i was just i was going to mention like they talked about kind of uh focusing their efforts online during this time but like i don't know if y'all have been to gamestop's uh website but it, it just feels so damn outdated compared to like amazon or best buy or other retail shops oh yeah i pretty much any any business at this point is doing better than them in terms of the online store like if yeah. that was one of their oh. biggest things is they need to upgrade that to be you know like like best buy does they reflect what's in the stores mm-hmm. and stuff like that they keep in track one whole inventory system they don't seem to do any of that stuff. No, they don't. But I literally just got an email uh, about five minutes ago from them saying they are now going to deliver everything to your car if you'll call them and buy. Through. So basically, like everybody else, curbside pickup. Interesting. So they're, they're still allowing you to do it, but they're having you do it in a different way, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, that's good. I mean, at least they're trying. But at the same time, it's like, man, guys, like, so now, like, even the state of Pennsylvania, they can't do anything because their license <laughs> has been pulled for the next 30 days. So that's, like, right. is screwed. But everybody else they, is going to be like, well. <laughs> they've been shut down here in California, too. Yeah, yeah, they're gone in California right now. Even I drove by the one that was actually near here, and it's completely shut, closed up. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to be one of those companies that can survive um, beyond this. I mean, I, I feel more for the, the bars and restaurants and stuff like that, especially the mom and pop places that, you know, they can't do it, especially like your local game stores for like yeah. board games and hobby stores and stuff like that. Like they're yeah. going to hurt the worst in this whole thing. Um, And some of them are you actually still doing the curbside thing, but still. What's uh, really interesting, I don't know if you guys saw like GameStop's kind of leaked like a uh, plan going forward, but there's like this one GameStop that's like really cool and it's almost like a social experience where like there's game stations set up everywhere and you can kind of like hang out and sit at like these computer desks and play games and whatnot. Um, but of course, during a time like this, like that would be absolutely horrible um, and counterintuitive. So I don't know like even when they can kind of do that or go about that plan or that route. Um, it's just a really crappy time for GameStop right now oh yeah I, I do remember seeing that it was like the whole social experience store I yeah think they, yeah they have like I think oh, they they're gonna 15. try to do like a, a land center type yeah, yeah it so. seems like that's like kind of their last ditch effort right now to save themselves yeah so they're trying they do like retro stations like for pretty much a station for every generation of games like you know n64 because they sell everything now in terms of like even the old retro um Super Nintendo, Nintendo, SNES, Dreamcast, like yeah. whatever, you name it, they've got it now. But they're, these social experience stores were a little bit on the bigger side, but they all had oh, individual yeah. stations, even for CRT monitors and everything set up for stuff that, you know, can't hook up to a regular, um, you know, LCD TV or whatever. Uh, but yeah, like now that that was not even fully out. And now they're kind of screwed in the fact that now they can't even open those stores fully. I mean, I think it was supposed to be integrated in sometime in April. Like some of them, there's only like three of them open, I think, and they were in Canada. Yeah, and the right. ones in the U.S. were supposed to open up sometime in late April, which I believe now is not going to be a thing. But Jesus, man, what a shit show! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, any, anything else we think on that this whole GameStop thing? Like, what do you think? Any other thoughts and you know uh, comments on those? Um, I mean, it, it is like, it's, it's sad in a way, but in also a way, you know, it's, it's, it's just GameStop, you know, and GameStop has been kind of cruddy for a couple of years now. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of going the way that we see with like bookstores and, you know, other things, video stores, even where everything is going digitally nowadays, um, at least as far as media goes, you know, and for like any physical media or anything that like, a console you could just buy it off of like best buy or amazon because they sell like they specialize in everything but these kind of like niche stores like bookstores video stores and now even game stores are just kind of going bye-bye because that's all digital now yeah oh absolutely i mean like even me i didn't even want to go to the store for animal crossing i said screw it and bought it off the <laughs> nintendo store because i was just <laughs> yeah. like i don't even i don't even have to go nowhere i just buy it and download it now yeah, yeah i did the same thing exactly it's it's really convenient <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like, I, I, I do understand, like, you know, of course, there's people in rural areas where they don't have great internet and things like that. But, um, you know, at the same time, um, internet around the nation is slowly getting better. And, um, you know, these things are just kind of becoming commonplace now. Like, remember when Xbox, uh, uh, what was Xbox first came out? Um, and, you know, their whole thing was like, you know, we're online only. And this and that, and people were pissed off, like, you know, years ago when that first came out. And nowadays, I feel like if the Xbox Series X were to announce, like, hey, we're online only, um, I feel like people would be like, oh, okay, like, more accepting of it now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that landscape has entirely changed since then, too. I yeah. mean, most, like, most even, like, Epic Game Store, for example, is online only, If even if you go and access, like, Fortnite. You know, even if you're playing the offline, you know, save the world portion of it, you still yeah. got to got to log into it or, or be online for it to even work it's still got to look and make sure you got an active license and you're not cheating and so on and so forth so i mean i get it uh it's just it's gonna be crazy like seeing what's gonna happen as brick and mortar stores or some brick and mortar stores aren't gonna be able to survive uh for too long especially during this this whole you know portion of time 
Yeah. But I don't know. At the same time, I'm excited. One thing I hope. One thing I hope comes out of this: good mom and pop video games. Oh yes. Oh hell yeah, dude. Like, like I the whole physical media is kind of worthless now. Like you guys have said, but like companies start doing actually good collectors items. Not I'm gonna say it's a you know canvas bag and give you plastic. Um, actual good <laughs> collectors items and make it mom and pop stores. I will support them every fucking time. That would be such a great idea. Yeah. Um, I was also going to mention too, like, like, uh, there's a couple of mom and pop like game stores that have been doing kind of like that social experience stuff for a while. Like, uh, Tommy, you mentioned like how, you know, some do like board games even, or like the card game stuff like magic. Um, like I would love to just see more, more of that, like pop up everywhere. And it'd be cool if they did have like exclusive deals like that, where they sold like exclusive, like, uh, you know, physical special editions and stuff like that. Oh Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like the mom and pops game stores, like especially board games, tabletop, all that stuff. I, I feel like especially right now, it's super essential for, for even families to just, you know, play in the games, get the kids, you know, ex- you know, calm down, have their thing, you know, go on and, and not just stare at the TV as its own thing, too. So it's it's nice to try to see that. I mean, that's kind of also the way that GameStop trying to start moving to with the collectibles, the T-shirts, you know, like buying yeah. Think Geek and doing all their stuff. Yeah, they only did that because they bought Think Geek and realized they needed to do something. <laughs> I, I almost wonder to some degree if they if Think Geek ended up hurting him more in the end than it did helping him. Yeah, the, the thing with GameStop, oh, it just sorry, it just doesn't feel like authentic, you know, like it feels like like they're legit doing it just to save their necks. Like, you yeah. know, and with the mom and pop shores that do it, like it feels natural, more authentic. Oh yeah, it's super you know, shoehorned. The, the whole I'm gonna sell an old console that's only you know a single generation back, and I'm only gonna get five dollars for it. You can go fuck your. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's been like the biggest meme. It's like, oh, if GameStop GameStop shuts down and they want us to sell off their things, you'd be like, I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our uh, special segment of the week. Week uh, weekly deals and cool stuff from uh, Tutu. Check this out. Yeah, all right. Sorry, I was pulling it up. Um, so man, you uh, even had a fancy little graphic pop up. Oh hell yeah, man! You got to be <laughs> ready for it, you know. <laughs> God, I love that so much. Um. Okay, so uh, today uh, is the last day of the Steam Game Festival. Um, if you're not familiar with it, Steam Game ah, the Steam Game Festival hosts a bunch of uh, games that were previously meant for GDC, and um, there's really cool stuff on there like Carry On and uh, what's the space game that you played, Tommy? I didn't oh, get to uh, I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head right now. It was called Oh God, what was it? Oh, oh yeah. Heavenly Bodies. He- Heavenly he- Bodies. That was awesome. Carry On was also yeah. awesome. Uh. What was the other? We should talk was great. It was actually a really cool like talking simulator one. Uh, Super liminal. That was actually really fun. Filament was good. A lot of great games. Hundred days. If you like, you know, building your own winery, that was awesome. Yeah. So uh, that ends tomorrow. So you can still download and play these games until tomorrow morning via Steam. Um, as far as sales go, there is a current spring sale on both Greenman Gaming and Fanatical. Um, I would personally recommend Greenman Gaming because their deals are like a little bit cheaper, like a couple dollars cheaper than Fanatical. And if you sign up, you can get like even a, uh, like further percentages off. Like I bought, um, I just bought Resident Evil 3, I want to say for like $44 or something like that, um, which is really, really nice. And uh, that ends at the end of March. So March 31st for both websites. Um, the spring sale will go on until March 31st. On uh, Epic Game Store, you got Watch Dogs and the Stanley Parable for free. Completely free right now. So go ahead and make sure you add that to your library on the Epic Game Store. And uh, over on Steam, uh, Square Enix is doing two really cool free giveaways with uh Tomb Raider, the 2013 game, the 2013 reboot, that is, and uh, Laurel Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which is like a multiplayer, really cool spinoff of uh, Tomb Raider. Um, they're both free on Steam right now until tomorrow morning. So uh, make sure you cop that, add that to your library if you haven't done so yet. 
And uh, yeah, that ends Tutu's weekly deals and cool stuff for this week. Oh, I do have one more to add on there, actually. Uh, Ubisoft and EA are having publisher sales on Humble Bundle this week. Looks and like MLS. And Steam. Oh, and Steam. That's right. Yeah. So both of them. Yeah. Ubisoft. Thank and you. I just looked at my yeah. home page and saw it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Damn. a bunch of that stuff's on sale right now. I mean, if you want to get into like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, for example, like you get the ultimate edition for 31 bucks, which includes all of their DLC. And like for me, um, that has uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has now beaten the top spot for my favorite Assassin's Creed uh, Assassin's Creed game. Like one and two were my favorites up until this one came out, and this one is like blowing it out of the water. It's great. It was free this week, and I was going to mention that, but I think that ends like soon or maybe already. Yeah, so I I didn't want to mention it because it's going to end. But yeah. Oh yeah, super super <laughs> worth the game. Even out. if you get the base game, I mean, fifteen bucks for the base game, thirty one bucks for the game, and all of the DLC. Or Far, wow. Far Cry Five Gold Edition for eighteen dollars. Uh, a lot of really good ones on there. Yeah, definitely check that out. CB Soft Publisher Shell on uh, Humble and Steam, and I'm sure you play. Yeah, probably you play too. If they're on these, it'll probably be on you play too. But yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our last and final topic. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the next gen console wars. Ebag, you want to take us off on this one? Yeah, so, you know, we had the the leaks of Xbox Series X come out, what was it, probably about three, four weeks ago? Maybe, yeah, about a month ago. And then, what was it, two days ago, we had PlayStation 5 actually do a developer-style conference that released all their uh, their specs. And they're both really, really close, specs-wise. Yeah. Like, similar. ridiculously close. It's definitely not the big gap there was in the last generation on that no, on that first initial round. We're talking the processors. They're both using the AMD Zen 2 architecture, which is absolutely a phenomenal architecture. Um, but we're li- literally looking at um, 300 megahertz difference between the two uh, processors with Xbox just barely taking that lead. So we're, we're you know, negligible difference between the two. Um, they're both doing the RDNA 2 architecture for the GPU, um, 10.28 teraflops on PlayStation 5, 12 teraflops on uh, Xbox Series X. For GPU with, performance, right? Yeah, for GPU performance, yeah. But the, the difference with that is the PlayStation has a faster clock speed by like, I think I think it was... Two gigs. I'm trying to look it up. It's a uh, 1.85 on uh, Xbox, one 1.825, and then the other one is 2.29. Yeah, there you go. Which, in the scheme of things, that's essentially taking you know uh, overclocking something a little more with less cores. Like, so you're still seeing a negligible difference. Graphics wise, we're not going to be able to tell anything. No, right. And the only de- and the one thing that that PS5 boasted was something easy. It was a little bit easier for developers to min max whatever they wanted in yes, exactly. So that was kind of interesting which, to see. Yeah, which was a wonderful feature they were they were aiming for developers to actually utilize. Um, memory's all the same. Storage, you're on eight at twenty five gigs on the PlayStation, one terabyte on the Series X. Um, the only sad part about this is they're both using proprietary SSD cards, apparently. Well, NV- that's less preferable-wise, so, but the uh, internal, yeah. like the Xbox Series X is using NVMe SSD, whereas the PS5 is using a standard solid-state drive, which was interesting. That was one of the other biggest differences, I think, between the two. And the oh, PS5 I saw they like- were doing in both NVMe. Oh, oh that's I, interesting. Oh, maybe I'm looking at a wrong, or another site then that doesn't show that. One of it shows... Custom NVMe, and then the other one does a standard 825 gig SSD. Huh. The but, PS5's yeah. SSD is slightly faster than Xbox's. Yeah, yeah, so that may be the difference. It's not technically an NVMe because that's l- kind of a brand architect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably a proprietary. In the same thing, they're, they're aiming for faster speeds. Um, literally 4K, 8K, HDR, they're both going to be capable of it. Like, on paper, these are the exact same console. Yeah, yeah pretty like, much. Very, very minor sidesteps for either one. So, I mean, overall, it seems like there's not going to be hu- too huge of an actual difference of playability like between the two. Yeah, games. exactly. So, like, if you're a giant console player, you're literally going to be, in my opinion, 
buying the console that is already part of your ecosystem and or yeah. has the best launch day uh games titles I mean, yeah that's that's always what it comes down to right i mean i know like essentially, essentially, yeah. yeah xbox has always kind of outperformed playstation and graphics but you know it always comes down to you know the games like what what games are going to be available at launch which console is going to end up having the better games over the course of the, this time yeah that's no oh, sorry, i will say this they sony is coming out of the ring swinging on audio yeah that is super super early but essentially they're they they went to an actual like you know i I forget who they utilized but they're essentially doing mapping of how the average consumer hears items in games and they're creating brand new audio schematics for every like for the people and you'll be even be able to initially go in and change audio capabilities that sound better to your ear. So they're yeah. really aiming for the audio file. Like the average consumer, the average gamer, maybe not too much, but on the competitive scene, on the people that really like to hear the ecosystem of what games they're playing, that's a that's a giant game changer. That could be something that I mean they're boosting and be. Uh, I mean we haven't heard enough on the audio stuff on Xbox either. So that's I'm kind of interested to see what they ended up doing with that, but. With them being so close in specs, I can't see why they wouldn't be able to do that overall. I mean, yeah, I, they, they may have like, just not thought of it. Let's be honest. Like yeah. that's not from a console perspective. I mean, in a gamer perspective in general, that's not something you really focus on. Like how well you hear things It's just as long as someone can hear it, it's to the left, to the right, behind you, above you, yada, yada, yada. That's good enough yeah. for most gamers, right? That's the thing that makes me curious, though. It's like, so if they have these all these custom, even if, even if, say, both of them end up coming out with a custom audio solution, like, what makes it a big difference between trying to do that or like THS or the Dolby Atmos or you know things like that that really have like that certification for high end quality, right? Well, so Sony like, also came out and said that they're going to be working on like doing these custom made headphones that kind of like are shaped to your ear. They said you could like yeah. send them pictures of your ear <laughs> and they'll like kind of work on the headphones from that. It just sounds so weird, so trippy. And I'm really like looking forward to seeing like how this will work. Like I'm so curious. Yeah, from the, the audiophile on me, I'm super excited about <laughs> it. But like from the tech side of the things, I th- I feel like they're opening a can of worms that could go yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. I mean, so like in your guys' opinions, what would you get first? Like for me, I'm aiming for the Series X and that is literally only because it has a bigger internal storage out the gate. I mean, and this is also not knowing what the release titles are actually going to be, right? Yeah, for for me initially, it would probably be the Xbox because I've always gotten the Xbox's initial launch. And I kind of like the fact that you're not just limited to just the Xbox because a lot of the first party games now are not locked to just the Xbox, which is also the yeah. kind of nice thing. Now, now thinking even on the side of launch titles, uh, we'll get back to this probably here in a second, but I want to hear what Susu says. Like, what do you think? What do you think your first one will be? Um, well, going off of what you said, because like, you know, Xbox games are available on PC now. So automatically, um, even though like the Xbox and PS5 are both like pretty much as powerful as a high end PC nowadays, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, but uh, because I'm able to play Xbox games on my PC, I automatically go to uh, PS5 for their exclusive. Oh, that's a good way to think about it because you can already do Microsoft titles on your yep. PC. You might as well go with the PlayStation. That makes- mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I, that- I, so I'll go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I do miss Xbox's interface. So that's the only thing. Like I, I really like the uh, Xbox interface, even over uh, PlayStation. Oh yeah, I, that's that's the same here for me. Yeah. Now, kind of going on what we were talking about the exclusive games, like so that's been one of the uh, I think in this generation was was Xbox is by far their biggest lacking uh, thing. Now, a lot of it, I think, a lot of it, I think, comes from the fact they didn't really have any development studios behind them anymore. But as we knew, I think it was this last E three where they are this last E three or the year before that they announced they had acquired ten different development studios. Whereas yep. none of them we've heard of what, what they're building. So we don't know what games are coming for them. We don't know what um, different titles are going to be chosen for it. 
like it's going to be kind of crazy in that regard. So like, what do you think, how do you think that can change the whole format? If they bring out, like if those, all these new development studios, they picked up all come out with new Xbox, you know, or even PlayStation, different PlayStation uh, groups also come out with these big exclusives. Like, what do you think is going to be the biggest sell- selling points aside of just the single player games? Well, we do know that it's launching essentially with, uh, you know, Halo Infinite, which is, of course, like a big system seller, or hopefully will be a big system seller. Um, But, you know, only time will tell, like, what these studios are up to and what they're making. I know a lot of people really want, like, Fable to come back, and that would be so awesome to see, like, another studio do Fable. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, But, um, yeah, it'll, you know, only time will tell. Like, the thing about PlayStation is, like, you know that their games are like most of their games have like really quality high end stories, great gameplay. And like, they're kind of known for that, you know, Um, whereas Xbox, you know, um, they've really been struggling in many ways, even the last like gears and the last halo games, you know, while like there's people that like them, you you know, they don't really have like, yeah, they don't have like a long lasting appeal, like the previous games in those series. I mean, even touching base topic on that is like even the Gears 5, which I thought was a fantastic game, like the story was really, really good. They changed up a lot yeah. of stuff on how you played it, but it did, it still only had like a solid shelf life of about two months for me. Yeah, people dropped off of uh, multiplayer for that one like real quick, um, really, really quick, which is sad. Now, it did, it did, it was nice though, it did have cross compatibility between um, the console and PC, which was nice, but. At the same time, I'm like, that's not the only thing that's there. I mean, there's certain things that people didn't like and so on and so yeah. forth. But then you get games like God of War or Spider-Man or Shadow of the Colossus or some of these other big, you know, high end games like those really push Sony ahead. I think this generation because of it, whereas like definitely, yeah. Xbox definitely owned in the in the power and the, the hardware side of it. Like they were like top notch in that regard, like the Xbox One X um, was definitely or not. Was it Xbox? Yeah, well, Xbox One X. Yeah, the, I get confused over the titles yeah, now. Yeah, the, the naming. Yeah, it's hard to keep it, man. <laughs> the, so the Xbox One X versus the Xbox. PS4 Pro, like the One X performs 10 times better than my PS4 Pro. And I'm just like, dude, it's like way different in that regard. But yeah, I, I just hope that these like niche differences are actually worth it in the end. You know, like if it's going to be very close to comparable, there's no reason these development studios can't make great long-term lasting games you know with this hardware or these hard sets of hardware to choose from and i want to see more pc ports damn it now that these consoles are essentially pcs please give us more pc ports damn it. right like these, <laughs> and, and it's, okay if they keep the whole trend too with like how ps4 and xbox both came out with my mouse and keyboard support like these new ones better have it too like just saying <laughs> i mean at that point you can make a pc game literally have it on both consoles and you will play them all the same way right like yeah. you have your pc uh mouse and keyboard support and you also have your controller support for the people who only play on controller or so on you know i i hope it just bring it doesn't i don't want it to split gamers up like it used to like it, there's no reason yeah. that we all can't play together like ultimately like i don't think the the console wars as a whole thing is a big deal anymore as much because uh, cross-platform gaming is becoming such a big thing. I mean, just going on our last week's topic, like Call of Duty Warzone, it is such a hit and it hit so many players at one point because it was cross-compatible with all the major consoles aside of Switch, right? Like PC, yeah. Xbox One, and and PlayStation 4, and you could all play together. It don't matter. Like, you just jump in, play with your homies on a console from PC or whatever. And there's not a huge you know downside to any of them, which is what everybody used to be as like, the biggest you know, hard point before. Yeah, that's a great thing going into the next gen. Like you really don't like a lot of people would choose consoles based off of like where their friends are. Nowadays, you really just got to choose like, you know, off of like what you want personally because yeah, crossplay exactly. is becoming more and more of a thing. I was literally playing with before the show Modern Warfare with one of my friends that's always been a PlayStation player and one of my friends always been an Xbox player and it was absolutely seamless. It was really nice. Right? Like awesome. there's there's no reason it can't be like this going forward, like at all. I wanna I definitely want to see that more. Now what what else do you think like as kind of on one of our you know following up questions, what do you guys think is gonna be some of the biggest game changers? Like the the high def audio solution that PlayStation is gonna be doing, 
the difference in like the customization and the the software for the games, you know, with these new hardware changes. Like what else do you guys think is going to be some of the big like, you know, break out of the gate points since they're so similar now? Like they've obviously got to come up with something else, I think, to, to sell each other individually. I, I I think it's literally they have to come out the gate swinging with uh, release titles. 100%. Yep. And and it's all about the price tag. Like I'm looking at all this new architecture and I'm like, this is about a thousand dollars worth of equipment going in because yeah. it's all proprietary. We but we all know they're not going to sell it at a thousand dollars. They're probably going to sell it three ninety nine, four ninety nine. I, I bet you it's going to be like the other ones. Nah. It's probably four ninety nine at least. I'm thinking like five hundred to six hundred because these are these are crazy. And, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it could be, but like in the scheme of things. It all depends on how they're going to do a release, like do a good bundle, because let's be honest, consoles have always, for the first two or three years, been sold at a loss. Yeah. If they can manage to get good numbers out the gate with good games, then they may win. But like, I'm very intrigued about this proprietary memory slot that's just essentially plug and play external sdds for fucking xbox that's interesting but it's, but like on, it's on both big, i think it may be i see yeah it could be um but like how big are you expecting your games to be well yeah i mean take take call of duty even on consoles it's still 90 gigs like right? some of these games are just <laughs> massive man like <laughs> i don't know what to what to say because like i mean this gen i mean they've gone on average 20 to 30 gigs maybe up to 50 60 gigs on some of the higher end ones but some of these recent releases like red dead and call of duty they've been they've topped 100 gigs easy i mean most games you ever saw before that that hit that were mmos that had you know massive worlds but what are you, what are you going to do with these game sizes i mean i i think part of the reason they are doing this proprietary stuff is because all these hardware companies have jumped in on making um you know, off-brand uh, hard drive spaces for these for the PS5 and the Xbox One. So, like, yeah, what happens now if you've got, you know, you got all these companies making it? Oh, well, we're just going to make it proprietary, so we ha- we can sell it and make our money off the peripherals, like Apple does. Yeah, well, that that's part of it. You're buying into an ecosystem, right? Yeah. But like, if you if you look closely, like they're both going with DDR6 RAMs. They're both going with the RDNA architecture. They're both going with the AMD CPUs. Like these are smart decisions from them because those processes can already be stood up in whatever factories AMD is essentially using, right? So that's going to cut their costs in some sort, and it's going to be able to make them initially churn out thousands of consoles for release. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing we're going to see a shortage of is definitely the uh, memory cards after the first, I think like so. say, three or four like waves of game launches in the holiday season. Like we'll see, of course, whatever they come out with. But this is definitely a big or they could go the Nintendo route and like naturally Nintendo didn't say this is what they did. But let's be honest, they did a release and they all sold out worldwide and they said they couldn't keep up with production. I I, I don't buy that first. Right. They're going to they're going to make as little like they're going to make a minimum. Right. That can ensure a sellout to build hype. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the sellout hype, build hype has always been, you know, a, a tactic for the whole thing. So it's it's always been kind of interesting in that regard. So I think it literally comes down to what games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think the biggest sellers is going to be the games. And my biggest curiosity at this point, because we haven't seen any any of those new developers uh, that Microsoft has bought into, like we haven't seen any of the, seen or heard of any of the games they're working on. I'm kind of interested to see if it's just going to be a huge lineup of like first party games for the launch of uh, Xbox yeah, One Series X. That's what it sounds like. That's what everybody's thinking. We also have a release date for uh, the Xbox and they were saying Thanksgiving of this year. So that's a very tactical. Oh, let's do it right at Black Friday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> drive, drive the market even crazier during the time that everybody's going to exactly. go crazy. I mean, with well, at this point, it might be with social distancing. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> but yeah, they they and and uh, what was it? Sony said they weren't aiming to release until the holiday season, so that's December. So there's going to be a significant gap in release. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, look at the, look at the uh, the launches of the previous generation. They were in like yeah October yeah. November basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to say. 
I bought my Xbox One, the first, the day one edition or whatever, on October, like late October. And then PlayStation came out, I think, three weeks later. I mean, let's let's put it this way. I'll probably buy the Xbox, play Halo as long as it's a launch title, and then never use it. Yeah. That seems to be what happens with my Xbox lately. Yeah, and that was the other big thing, too, is uh, Xbox is claiming uh, backwards compatibility with everything in their library. Oh, yeah. That's a big claim. Because it, it's... it's this, I mean, PlayStation's claiming backwards compatibility pretty far back, too. But, yeah. like, these are giant claims because, like, it's just like a PC now. You're using PC parts. I cannot boot up, you know, Wing Commander or X-Wing versus TIE Fighter up on my new CPU. It just doesn't work. Like, you have to virtualize it and all this extra stuff. So they're, yeah, they're the betting on having a full team to virtualize all their old Xbox, you know, 360 games. It's, I doubt it. I bet you it's it's not even virtualizing. I think they're just going to emulate it all and just run the software internally. I mean, that was, that's yeah, That's a virtualization. Route. Yeah. But I mean, I think that'll be easier than doing the other one. Because all oh, they have yeah. to do is make the baseline emulator, and then they just throw the games in it, and they're done. The thing with backwards compatibility with uh, Xbox and ps5 right now is like xbox is like backwards compatible with like everything in their library like xbox 360 and original xbox games i would like and it. ps5 only came out and said like ps4 games there's no mention about like ps3 ps2 or even uh ps1 and then they said on launch it'll only be like the 100 top played games and eventually be like kind of like uh they said 4,000 ps4 of, yeah. games yeah so um which xbox definitely has the upper hand on them in that category I mean, but let's let's be honest, like they're going to put all this effort into backwards compatibility for em everything. And I'm not going to play a single Xbox game. Yeah, like, I let's mean, be honest. You, you do have a point there. Like but, Halo just got remastered for PC. All of yeah. them. Like, what else am I going to play? Need need for speed, maybe or Forza or whatever but, it was. That was the Xbox Forza. There we yeah, go. Forza. Like. Why, why bother when I got the latest Forza and it's the same exact cars, let's be honest. Yeah. I think it's cool to go back, but usually when you go back for like that nostalgia trip, you're in there for like, you know, what, like five, ten minutes and you're like, okay, like, you know, I've seen uh, enough. Oh yeah, enough, this so. game was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I <remember. laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was even someone like uh, one of these old games on the original Xbox was called Phantom Dust and that was an amazing game back in the time. Like, it was super ahead of its time. And then I went back and played it and I was like, but the problem is when they, when they remade it or remastered it or whatever they want to call it, um, they took out some of the best parts of it, which kind of bugged me. And I was like, man, like there were so many other better parts of this. And I was looked back and I'm like, I actually have my old copy of the original Phantom Dust. And I, I realized what the changes were. And I was like, man, like as long as they don't do that to some of these other titles, I think it'll be good. But I would definitely still try out some of the old games. I mean, like. I would love to play Legend of Dragoon like in a remastered version. Like if they did the same treatment to Legend of Dragoon they did Final Fantasy VII, I'd totally be down for it. Well, that's one of those things. Yeah, let's see actual remasters, not oh, I'm just gonna put shelf shaders on top of it and call it. Yeah, yeah. But like in the scheme of things, like it's literally toss of the coin right now. Whichever one has the best release titles is going to be the winner. Like essentially, for at least the first. First few months, like when they do, when they get to that point of like selling out, that's that'll be the selling, you know, the biggest selling point. You'll see what sells yep. out faster because of that. So I don't and know. you know what? In my heart of hearts, the Switch will still be number one. Hey, then yeah. that'll. I think that's giving Nintendo also time to see what happens with the PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X. Like, what are they going to see out of those two consoles to come out with a Switch Pro? Yeah, I was I was like curious and I was going to mention that, too, because I, I initially I thought the Switch Pro would try to get out before, um, you know, the new consoles. But maybe it's a smart thing to they'll get out. after. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a smarter thing to get out afterwards, because then they'll see what the hardware is going to look like, what their new features are going to be like and come yeah. to some kind of, you know, similar comparison. And if they do the same thing where they're backwards compatible too, like it'll be a huge thing for them. Especially to, you know, switch games to switch pro. If they, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do it as a whole generation bump or if it's just going to be a more powerful version just to have the Switch stuff in it, you know? I imagine it's kind of like on the same line as like, you know, uh, PS4 Pro and uh, Xbox One X, but, you know, could be like a sequel. Who knows? Yeah, oh, absolutely. 
Well, I think that about wraps it up, guys. Uh, what do you guys think? Anything else we need to, to shoot out there for this whole thing? I mean, my last topic is what do you guys think out there in chat and on Twitter and everything? What are you going to What are you going to what? What are they going to buy? Like, it literally is which one you're a fanboy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. What are those ones you're going to do? Definitely let us know. Uh, ping us at, at Imperium News or Imperium News Network on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Comment here on the uh, podcast. Let us know what you think overall. You know, comment, question. Definitely let us know if there's anything we're missing or you want, to, you want to hear us talk about in the future. Definitely let us know as well. But I think that about wraps it up for today. Anything else? No, that's about it. I was I was going to mention that I'm looking forward to like seeing the, uh, you know, the cloud um, services that these platforms put out pretty much. But I oh, feel yeah. like that's kind of down the line a little bit. I know Xbox is currently working on theirs. PS5, we don't know, but there's rumblings that they're working on theirs. Too. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. All right, guys and gals, thank you all so much for joining us today for episode two of Cartridge to Cloud. Hope you all have a great one and we'll see you all next time. Peace.